Welcome everyone to the second episode of a full 90 podcast. We are a month into the A-League men's season and no clear front runner at the moment. It's been as even as ever this competition. I'm here with Ari, mate. How have you been? What have you made of the season so far? I'm good, mate. I'm good. This is, it's been a pretty pretty weird season. Some teams performing well, which we didn't expect. Some teams underperforming, which I'm sure we'll touch on. But um, no, it's been a, it's been a pretty good season so far. Some storylines, some new players coming through. But um, can't wait to um. And unfortunately, the World Cup sort of interrupts it a little bit over the next coming weeks. But it's been a pretty good month to start the season, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. If you look at the top six at the moment, only five points separate sixth spot, which is Adelaide United and Melbourne City at the top in between. The two Sydney sides, Western Sydney, Sydney, Newcastle, and MacArthur. And if you look even further down from 7th to about 10th, anyone can be playing for finals this year. It's been a really, really tight start to the season. Which sides have impressed you early? Well, I think I think Western Sydney was the one that, that jumped out of me straight away. I didn't really expect them to to have the start of the season, which they have. Of course, yeah, obviously Ninkovic coming in, which is probably their their main signing. But um, yeah, they've they're playing a really good, solid. I wouldn't I wouldn't say defensive system, but defensively they've been very solid this season. I only could say in the one goal um all year, but they've just been very very solid, very disciplined, and um yeah, they they can maintain this this type of form, this type of game style. Then I think it's a it's a game style they'll stack up in final should they get there. So they're probably the team that have um jumped out of me the most, no doubt. Yeah, they've been a bit of a tease in recent seasons, but do look like they look to be the real deal this season. As you said, very solid defensively. Marcelo has come in that Brazilian. He's led from the back, but a really good, reliable contributor. Captain Zamban, you can see absolutely why in his first season has been a real locker room leader. And all their signings have had an impact. You look at Cassini Yangi, Cal Mjolnoff, who haven't really got much playing time at Sydney's come into the first team environment, played really well. And as you said, Ninkovic has come in as well and added a bit of much needed experience and class to that midfield. Hundred percent. I think they've. I think that's something that they needed to get. Kind of, they needed those signings to really kick on from the start. And um, they did bring a couple, a, a few players in. It was a little bit of a, I wouldn't say a massive overhaul of the squad, but the starting eleven certainly has changed quite a bit from last year. Um, and it seems to be all clicking pretty early on, which is um, which is surprising. Is something that, something they need to do. They needed to get off to a, to a good start, and they have done. And um, they're they're doing things which I didn't I didn't expect. And I don't think many people did, but I'm not. It's good to see them back up to the top of the table or top area of the table where they were uh seems like seems like a decade ago but um yeah no, it's good to see them back where they potentially belong i think yeah they've been absolutely brilliant I mean, there's even more signings we haven't really touched on Suleiman kirpich even though people have criticized his performances he's kicked two goals in four games he's had a good return back roman amalfalatano has been good brandon borello has been good and some people are getting a bit too excited saying he should be in the Socceroos squad come the world cup but he They've had to rebuild, had to go and redesign the wheel, but they've done a really good job over the offseason. And Marco Rodan should be very proud of what his side been able to produce in the first month of the season. 100%. 100%. I fully agree with you there. It's um, it's just if they can continue this, I think they've, they've already been some good sides already this season. Of course, they beat Victory, which is probably the standout um, win of, of their season so far. But they've got the Sydney Derby in two weeks' time, and that's probably a game which will be uh, which will be very hotly contested, no doubt. Both sides probably in the top four by the time that game rolls around. So um, if they can get all three points in that game, and especially in their game against Central Coast, um, which will be over over this weekend, then um, they could be they could be real, building something really special, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Wanderers have had the wood, you'd say, over Sydney, even though they've had some down seasons. 
in the past that they should make for an interesting tie. And Sydney FC have really bounced back this season. Their two signees, their marquee players in Joe Lolly and Robert Mack have really hit the ground running. And third place on the table, given that they didn't play finals at all, look at they've bounced back beautifully this season. 100%. And I mean, especially considering their first result against victory, which um, didn't fall their way. It was still an entertaining game. And we saw the we saw the signs of of what they were going to be able to, to produce in that game. The result didn't fall their way, unfortunately. But they're back. They followed up with a good win against the reigning champs against um, Western, Western United. And then um, the, the win over MacArthur, I thought, was a very, very solid performance. They probably was a little bit more uncomfortable than what they potentially would have wanted it to be, considering um, they were versing 10 men. But I th- I like I agree with you. Mac and Lowley are proving to be a deadly, deadly combination across those wings. And when you got Adam Lafondra in between them, it's proving to be a pretty, pretty dangerous front line. Yeah, absolutely. And another team with a dangerous front line, Melbourne City. They look to be early contenders. I know they're only level on points with Western Sydney, so they're not pulling away as such. But geez, they look really good early with that front three: McLaren, Naboot, and Matthew Lecky. And Lecky took a while to get going, but has not missed a beat this season. No, yeah, he's he's really hit form. He's really hit form um straight away from the start of the season. And it was something that maybe I was looking towards. I was thinking, could this side, is it aging slightly? Obviously, Lecky isn't getting any younger. McLaren isn't getting any, any younger. But it feels like this experience is just is just doing them such a solid right now. Of course, they had those three wins in a row to start the season. They probably should have beaten Wellington on any other day. They probably would have. Um, it just, it just, the, the, the cookie crumbled the wrong way, unfortunately for them um, on Sunday afternoon, but they've had a fantastic start to the season. They're looking to exact revenge on Western United, which they did in the opening, um, in the opening game of the season. But if they can go one further than what they did last year, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. They're almost building a dynasty under Patrick Kisnorbo, which I'm sure we'll touch on a little bit later. Um, he in terms of the what we saw in the documentary series, but um, yeah, he's building something really, really special. Yeah, he does look like he's building something special. And a play that's finally sort of coming to his plans in recent weeks is Marco Tilio. Obviously, very talented. He's been in the Socceroo squad, but hasn't really been a starter in the last two weeks. Has started, and I'd say he's repaid the fact. He's putting two solid performances and. Good time to start hitting your straps for the World Cup coming up. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and he's he's a player that, um, even even if you're a victory Sydney supporter, you always keep keep an eye on. Hopefully, he does score a couple of goals and puts in some good performances. Um, yeah, you're right. There was some conjecture, some criticism around him not starting, him not getting minutes, but he started in the Melbourne derby and 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 performed pretty well. And then obviously over the weekend he. Over over the weekend, he had a he obviously scored the goal and had the, and did was very influential in the um first goal, which I think he drew the penalty, had the shot, which led to the handball. I'm pretty sure, but um, yeah, he's been he's repaid those those starts in spades, I think, and he's a player which we even if you don't support City, like I said, you kind of really you want to perform well, you want to kick on, and he he's that next breed of of talent that City are always. It seems like they've got a new one every season, a new talent from their from the youth academy, or they poach one from another youth academy, and he will. Be he'll be a Sydney a city stalwart for um, a couple of years, you'd like to think. Yeah, he's absolutely brilliant to watch. Him and the youngster, Geordie Boss, having a really good campaign so far. And the other Melbourne side will touch about the defending champions, Western United, down at the bottom of the table, have taken just the one point from the opening four games. It has been a disastrous start. They've lost Tomoki Amai, who was a really critical part in defence for them last season. He's out with a shoulder injury. Leila Lacroix has been nowhere near what he was last season. It's been really a shambolic start to the year, given that on the weekend, got 2-0 up early. Nikolai Tapo Stanley got red carded and shipped four goals. So a rough start. 
a, a very rough start. It's a start that not many people expected. And I think a start that could potentially come down to the absence of Alexander Perovic. I thought he he obviously was their their main man last season. And despite there was obviously some talk about him not not um not staying at Western Western United, I should say, um over the over the off season, but he did he did um re-sign and he has um committed for at least another year, but obviously in injuries have kept him out of the first month of the season and his absence has cost them has cost them dearly. They haven't been able to find to find the back of the net enough times. And like you said, the the um absences and the departures defensively have cost them big time. But um I feel like I feel like they're just gonna I feel like this is just a little bit of a blip in the road. I think they've got enough talent and they've got enough credit in the bank to um to prove us wrong, no doubt. So we can say all we want right now a month into the season with only one point. But come this time come maybe two, three, four months time, I think I think they'll hit their strides and get back to where they were last season, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they retained the core of their championship winning squad yeah. from last season. So you suggest that their fortunes at some point will turn. So we've spoken about the teams individually, though. Who's caught your eye? Who have you liked so far? I think it's it's hard to go past Graham Cole, right? I mean, we all we all know what he what he did at the back end of last season, and we all saw we all know that the move to Newcastle, um, Newcastle United in in England will be will be done by or we will be will have gone through through by January, I should say. Um, but I think his performance on the weekend, he came off the bench and pretty much had a hand in all four and in all four goal, goals for Central Coast. He he's just so exciting to watch. So he, he's a player that like like a little bit like I said with Marco Tilio, even if you support if, even if you don't support Central Coast, you always you always look towards his performances. You always look forward to Central Coast games just to see what he can do. Um, and another player that has caught my eye is Nestor Irakunda from um, Adelaide United, another young talent who um, has made some sporadic appearances off the bench. Despite him not getting on the on the goal sheet at all so far this season, I just really am excited by the way that he goes about it. And he's he's only sixteen years of age, which is insane to think about. Come for four, five, six years time when he's heading into his prime. Even he still won't even be his prime. He'll still be twenty two by by the time six years in six years time. But um, yeah, they're they're the two players that have really caught my eye this season, which is probably the the boring choice or the non original choice. But um, yeah, I just love the way both of those go about things. No, they're absolutely great choices. They're great shouts and. That's been a really good thing about this competition in the recent years that we're seeing a good core of young players from that 19. So even early, like that 18 to 23 bracket, really having an impact when they've come into the first team, getting moves abroad, getting moves on to bigger clubs. So the state of the league is pretty good in that sense. And there's a lot of youngsters that are coming through and making waves. And we spoke about Quall. He came into the Socceroos friendly against New Zealand and had a really good run out when he got his turn. And I'm really looking forward to see what he can do once he gets moved over to Newcastle. Obviously, he won't be playing first-team Premier League football, but he did suggest that a loan moves on the cards and hopefully he gets more minutes under his belt than one day he's a regular in the Premier League because we don't have too many regular in Premier League clubs where they're playing first-team football, youth-team football at the moment. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I doubt, I doubt he'll be thrusted into into the starting squad or in, even in the senior squad um, when he makes his move in January. But um, hopefully, in a couple of seasons' time, maybe a couple of loan moves away to um, some other European clubs. But I feel he's definitely got the talent. Definitely has the talent. Has the ability to excite fans, to excite coaches, and he is so unpredictable that he's. He's so he's such a weapon um on that on that right or left hand side or up front or wherever he decides to play because every single every single time he plays every single time he gets on the ball something mental happens and that will just that'll be music to the ears of many um English English coaches no doubt yeah absolutely and we've just touched on some youngsters and now onto some veterans of this league and 
Wanva has been dominating headlines this week. Bruno Fonaroli signs with the Melbourne victory. It's been an absolute saga in the past couple of weeks. He's been left out of the squad over a goal bonus dispute in which he'd get it if he kick. It's so complicated to explain. So yeah. basically two years ago, if he'd kick 15 goals over two seasons, he'd get a contract extension. And the glory are looking like, oh, geez, he's actually going to hit this target. We're going to have to pay him an extra year. We don't want to. Let's negotiate. And Fornaroll has gone, no, nah, I want my money, which is fair enough. Absolutely. If that's the contract that's been given to you, you would want to take it. Given oh, you're okay. in the back end of your career, you want to prolong it as much as possible. And in the end, nothing could be agreed upon. They the mutual termination as we see so often in this league occurred and he's off to the victory and a bit shady by the victory claiming it to be an injury replacement given that Matthew Sporanovic is out and Sporanovic is a defender whereas Fornaroli is probably one of the most prolific strikers this league has seen in recent seasons so he would come straight in and given Diagostino has been a bit out of form it's probably a good time for him to get in and get some goals in the net uh, yeah, I agree. I, I agree. Um, it's it was a, it's a little bit shady, a little bit underhand, obviously with that injury replacement. Um, I I, I saw that he was available um to play on the game over the week, and I didn't really understand how that was going to work. But obviously, with how we've come to find it was because he's an injury replacement. But um, yeah, despite victory potentially not necessarily needing a strike, obviously they got D'Agostino and Tommy Urich on the bench. He hasn't really made an impact so far this season. Um, they they haven't, even with the front line of Nani, Economides, Falami, um, Brimar, D'Agostino, they still haven't really found the net um, at all this season. So, it, so from open play especially. So it will be it will be very interesting to see the impact that Fornaroli can have, and obviously a former Melbourne City, former Melbourne City player, probably probably a Melbourne City legend. I think it would be pretty fair to say that um, it's going to be it's going to be a spicy derby the next time both those teams go at it. Um, hopefully, hopefully Fornaroli can feature because it'd be good to see. Yeah, absolutely, and he's been a brilliant, brilliant player since coming over. Eighty-two goals and one hundred and forty-two appearances. Knows how to find a net. Even last season, given how poor the periphery was. When he was available and he was fit, he was really good. He's still got something in him. He was introduced into that Socceroos side for a reason. He's a very clinical striker. He's exactly the player the victory need. And he addresses an immediate need. And that's why he's coming into this squad so quickly. Yeah, I agree. And also the fact that he's now a, he's now Australian, now Socceroo, doesn't take up a visa spot. Proven in proven in the A League, knows how to score goals in this league, knows how to score goals in big games as well. So, um, yeah, from from that perspective, it's all it's all ticking the boxes from a victory perspective there. Yeah, and spoken about on field performances. Now let's a bit of off field content now. And the A League announced that during the season, I'd be filming these A League's All Access series, a documentary with a bit of a peek behind the curtain of how the clubs and players have been operating, and it's been. Brilliant content so far. We had Nanny in episode one, massive marquee signing, one of the biggest names to come to the league in recent years. And just an insight of how he's embraced life in Melbourne, how he's become a locker room leader. And I thought it was just a really good insight just to see how he's transitioned to the Australian game. Yeah, I agree. And it was, of course, it was the first episode, so we didn't really know what to expect. It was kind of, let's just let's just figure things out in terms of like fair expectations as a viewer. But um, yeah, it... it it was a very, very insightful, very interesting um, first episode, and we saw what he's like behind the scenes. We saw what he's like um, in preparation for for the Big Blue, which is of course the um, the week that 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 um, episode was built around. But um, no, it was fantastic insight, and I think it 
I think these episodes which we have which will come to find Pat, shows shows some some the behind the scenes of, of football clubs are very interesting. Um, we don't really get a lot um, as as a people from an external perspective. We don't really get a lot of insight into the behind the scenes of football clubs. So this this documentary series, despite it only being like twenty minutes on once a week, but the fact that it's up to date, it's based off the last week's um, based off last week's happenings and last week's results, etc. Etc. Um, yeah, I think it was a fantastic first episode, and um, yeah, victory fans. It was a it was a pretty um it was a pretty unanimous consensus that um it was a good start to the documentary. Put it that way. Yeah, and episode two, a lot of drama, and Charlie Austin. He, what you see is what you get with Charlie Austin, and I yep. think this documentary absolutely proved it. He's exactly who you see. He's a fiery character, absolutely passionate, and I think it goes to show he's not here for a holiday. He means business. He wants to win. That bust up with Connor Chapman was absolutely brilliant and a really good insight because I'm sure that happens all the time in locker rooms. You have disagreements, and it was just really interesting. Just that they, they were more than happy just to let the cameras roll on that. And I love Adam Peacock's um comment when he saw the video on Twitter where he's like, I can understand Connor Chapman's point. He's a striker, score goals. I can understand Charlie Austin's point. You're a defender, defend properly. But Paul's yeah. the real winner here. Yeah, and it's true. Football fans were the real winner in that episode. We got to see a great episode. Lots of drama, lots of tension. And I think it was really good just to see that scene at post game where they're going up to each other, just hugging it out. It was just like, it's just a hit at the moment thing. We're still, we're just passionate. We're here to win. And I really liked that. And Warren Moon, he didn't seem too phased by it. He was just like, they're just boys being boys. It's all good. Yeah, it, that happens in football clubs up and down the country, all across the world, every single day, every single training session, every single match day. It's something that um, we all, we all know happens, but we haven't actually seen proof of it happening. And, um, yeah, I think I I fully agree. It shows that Charlie Austin is not here just for a holiday. He wants to win. He wants to improve the other players. He wants to score goals. He wants to get Brisbane Raw. Um, he wants to get Brisbane Raw back into the finals and back up, back up to the top of the top of the league. So um, yeah, it was pretty funny to see that that um that that encounter. But um, yeah, I think it's it's a heat of the moment stuff, which um we we all know happens, and then they they just shake it shake up uh, shake it out after at the end of the game. Whatever happens in the, in those ninety minutes happens in those ninety minutes, and um, it's ne- never personal. It's just the drive and the competitiveness to um to get better and to win. And obviously, Brisbane weren't going well during that game. They were two 0 down to Melbourne City, so tensions were even higher. Um, but um, yeah, it was very fascinating to see and something that we all we all thought we weren't going to see. I thought personally, from from like speaking from a personal perspective, I thought that those type of outbursts or those type of confrontations were going to be cut out just for the image of the league and image of the players and stuff. But um, no, I'm, I'm pleased to see that it's no holds barred. Whatever's the cameras show what the cameras show and they're not, they're not shying away from anything, which is um a good, a good sign for things to come. I think. Yeah. And then episode three had a different perspective rather than focus around a player, it focused around a coach in Patrick Snorbay. And I think it just really goes to show the amount of preparation that goes into a match day and just how meticulous he is. Like those scenes where He's at like a local ground in Brunswick with one of the assistant coaches and he's envisioning this is where I want players to run. This is where I want people position. It was just really fascinating just how much detail and how meticulous he is. It seems like Melbourne City is one of the very few teams in this competition that have an identity and have a clear way of playing. And this episode just reflected just how much detail and how much hard work goes into identifying that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. I 
he, I obviously as as a victory supporter, I was kind of, of course, it was on the Melbourne Derby, so I watched it through gritted teeth, especially towards the back end of of that episode. But uh, I came out of it with an extremely impressive um opinion of of Patrick Isnor. But I really like from what we saw, I really like the way he goes about things. He's obviously football obsessed. He's obsessed with the with the tactics of the game, and we also saw that he's. He does want to get to know the players from a personal perspective and really understand them emotionally and get that man management side of things um, under wraps as well, which is, which is what you need to be a very successful, a very successful manager. And of course, we've seen what he's what he's been able to do in the A League um, in, in his short time here. He's been able to to break records and 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 coach a Melbourne City team, which is probably one of the best we've we've seen. So um, yeah, it was a. I think we all were expecting something similar. We all were expecting something like what we saw, um, but yeah, it showed. It, to me, it portrayed Kisnor being a fantastic light and City supporters should be very excited um, if, he, if he remains a Melbourne City coach for, for a long time because you'd want someone like that at the, home, at the helm of your club, I think. Yeah, and it was great to see that side of Kisnor because he doesn't give much when he does talk to the media. Yeah. He's, not, he's not a man of many words when he's in the press. So just to see him in his element and just to see him so personal and so how in-depth he goes into like when he's breaking down play, it's just like, oh, he's, he's totally different to how he is when he's like in a presser stuff. Like he's, yeah. it was just brilliant stuff to watch. And I think that's exactly what this series brings. And I'm looking really forward to the next episode in a, a play that we spoke about with Grand Quall. Just, it'd be really good just to see like how he goes about his preparation or the noise about his move to the Premier League and how he's handled that and the expectations of being such a young star and like you're now a really important part of such a team. Yeah, I I think we've we've seen we kind of know he's a mature character despite him being still so young. Just based on what we've seen in the in the media and what he's or any snippets that we've got, we have kind of come to a pretty good consensus that he that he's got a good head on his shoulders. So hopefully hopefully this um episode um on Thursday can reflect that. But um no, it's definitely something. It's definitely an episode which. Before the season started, I definitely wanted to say something on Qual because we all know we all know what he's like, or we all think we know what he's like from an external perspective. If we can get a little bit of a glimpse um, from an internal perspective, that'll be very good. So yeah, looking forward to that. That's going to be great. Yeah, and we'll move on now to some footballers abroad. Some Aussies playing. We'll move over to Scotland, where a lot of them seem to be playing their trade. If you're not in the A League, you're over in the Scottish Premier League. And Martin Boyle for Hibernians had a decent season. Got on the score sheet, scored in their three-nil win over. St. Mirren, and he was taking on some fellow Aussies in Ryan Strain and Keanu Backus, who were probably one of their better players in the loss. Came off in the 54th minute, did um boil with a leg injury. It was a lot of concerns. It was a serious knee injury, made Mr. the World Cup, but he's avoided serious injury. So, sigh of relief there. And he has been informed, so he'd be a really key player for the Socceroos to have in their squad coming up. Aaron Moy played all the 90 minutes. It was solid for Celtic. He's been a really good player for them, and I'm sure... Andrew would be really pleased the level he's been able to get out of him since he's come over. One free new over Livingston. As is Bajan Mark, Birgitte both played the full 90 minutes when Dundee United have had a year of struggles and they've lost as well. But they've been decent in their yeah. showings, despite that the teamers haven't been playing well. They've actually been pretty decent. They've been over to England. Ryland McGree played 86 minutes as Middlesbrough lost 2-1 to Preston. Was a solid. Was solid. Kenny Dougal was solid. Started for Black. Pool and they beat Coventry 2-1. And then Bailey Wright was solid for Sunderland. They're just going about their business really well. They're not... They're, I guess it's just yeah. that saying, you're playing well without starring. A lot of them are playing yeah. solid, but that's all you want at the moment. You want them playing a lot of minutes, not embarrassing themselves in the yeah. high-level competitions, getting themselves prepared for it. Should be a really good World Cup. 
Hundred percent. Yeah, if you if you take a look at some of the players playing in the championship, playing in the in the Scottish um, first division, yeah, they're they're just going about their business. They're playing well. They're not they're not starring. They're not making headlines, but they're just doing their job. They're 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 building a, a nice like a nice CV in a sense before the World Cup. They're getting some minutes under the belt, getting the K's in the legs. And um, for those who do go, obviously Aaron Moy will be will be the star of the show in Qatar. Um, fingers crossed and knock on with that injury free and all, all that good stuff. But um yeah, getting getting the kilometers in the legs, just ticking over nice and nice and calmly and not really over over exerting yourself is probably the main thing for them um heading into Qatar. But um yeah it's good it's good to see so many Aussies playing despite not in the Premier League and not in the in the first divisions of, of any of the top five clubs. But the Scottish the Scottish first division definitely is a um definitely is a division not to be sneered at, not to be neglected by any means. And obviously the championship is still a very physical, very tough, very um, um, tactically demanding league as well, so um, good to see, good to see some of the Aussies starring in in um in those in those leagues, no doubt. Yeah, and so I guess in saying that, Irvine and um, Conor Metcalf are also doing the business really well for um St. Pauli over in the German second division as well, and they've been really impressive. Metcalf yeah. came off the bench, got an assist, then, but he hasn't started a lot of games. He's shown some glimpses, whereas I think Irvine, you'd say, has been one of St. Pauli's best players this season. Yeah, he's so integral to that system. He's so, um, like like he's to the soccer system, playing as that central midfielder that can run all day, can play as a box to box, can play as an attacking number eight, can even play slightly deeper if necessary. Um, he's a real jack of all trades, and uh, yeah, he'll be he'll be another key, very key player for Graham Arnold in Qatar, no doubt. And if he can take that form which he which he's currently producing for San Paoli and take the form which he produced um in those games against Peru and the UAE, then um we'll be looking at a very very good player heading into Qatar. Yeah, absolutely. And that covers all bases for tonight's episodes. Do you want to plug anything that you've got coming up for the Sanctum, mate? Well, of course. So if you go head over to the Inner Sanctum YouTube channel, Player Spotlight, there's a there's a series on that um, where I just go through some players in, in and around the Socceroos squad that um, could be could be heading heading into the plane or heading onto the plane, heading to Qatar. Um, so yeah, if you want to see those of the latest episode that's come out will be on um, Christian Volpato, which is very controversial based on some things that have come out this week. But um, yes, Christian Volpato is the latest episode to so go over to the Inner Sanctum YouTube channel to check that out. And there's obviously 16 other episodes um, on certain players where you can check out as well, which is which is good fun. I, I love recording them and um, yeah, they, they do pretty well, which is good. Please give them a, a watch if you can, guys. It's They're really good. And we'll end that there. And another good week of A-League football is coming up. And we'll be reviewing that next week. And Mondavak. <laughs> Mondavak, yes. <laughs>